Africa rise and shine Africa zola Africa amka na unai Good morning and a very warm welcome to Africa Rise and Shine. This is Channel Africa from an African perspective and we're coming to you live in Johannesburg, South Africa. We are on the frequencies 7230 kHz on the 41 meter band to Southern Africa and on 15255 kHz on the 19 meter band to West Africa as well as DSTV's audio bouquet Channel 802. I'm Lulu Gabu. In studio with Anne Musa, Tabisolo Hoko and Figile Lingwati. In our top stories, tributes pour in for late South African struggler icon Winnie Madigazela Mandel. And Ethiopia's parliament swears in new prime minister. In economics news, the petrol price to go up in South Africa and in sports news, Nigerian soccer legend to run for presidency. But first up, the news with Anne Musa. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Musa. South Africa's late struggle icon Winnie Madigizela Mandela will be buried on the 14th of this month during an official funeral. Madigizela Mandela died on Monday at the age of 81 at a Johannesburg hospital. President Cyril Ramaphosa made the announcement outside the struggle stalwart's home in Soweto. We have declared that Winnie Mandela will have a national official funeral which will be held on the 14th of April and there will be an official memorial service on the 11th but then again there will be many other memorial functions right across the country nearly every province of our nation. The United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres has described the late Winnie Madigizela Mandela as a strong and fearless voice in the struggle for equal rights in South Africa. His spokesperson, Stefan Dujaric. The Secretary General is saddened by the passing of Miss Winnie Madigizela Mandela, a leading figure in, at the forefront of the fight against apartheid in South Africa. She was a strong and fearless voice in the struggle for equal rights and will be remembered as a symbol of resistance. The Secretary General wishes to extend his deepest condolences to the people of South Africa as well as to her family. At least 20 people are now known to have died and nearly 70 wounded following an attack by Boko Haram militants in northeastern Nigeria. Emergency services say the bodies were recovered from villages near the city of Maidaguri. Boko Haram's nearly nine-year fight in northeast Nigeria has claimed at least 20,000 lives and displaced more than 2 million people. The National Electoral Commission, NEC, in Sierra Leone has resumed the tallying process after coming to an agreement with the political parties contesting the presidential race. The ruling All People's Congress Party, the APC, and the opposition Sierra Leone People's Party, SLPP, had earlier caused the halting of the process because of failure to agree on which system to use to gather the results from polling stations. Both SLPP candidate Julius Madabayo and All People's Congress APC candidate Samura Kamara have claimed victory in the runoff vote. 
And finally, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has suspended a deal to give residency to thousands of African migrants in exchange for Western nations resettling the same number. Netanyahu made the announcement on social media just hours after announcing the agreement with the United Nations Refugee Agency, UNHCR. The deal had angered right-wingers in his governing coalition, who said it would encourage further illegal immigration. However, the spokesperson for the UNHCR, William Spindler, says his organization has not yet been informed about the suspension and is ready to implement the agreement. We haven't had an official communication. We simply take note of this statement by Prime Minister Netanyahu. UNHCR stands ready to work with the government of Israel to find solutions for the thousands of Eritreans and Sudanese living in Israel. We think that this deal offers a win-win situation. It's an agreement that will solve the situation of these people who are not able to return to their countries for fear of persecution or because their countries are in a state of conflict. And that's the news headlines at 8.30 Central African Time. Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zorza. Africa, Amuka na Unai. As tributes from South Africa and abroad continue to pour in to honor the life and times of the late Winnie Madigazela Mandel, the nation is still gripped in awe over the passing of one of the most famous anti-apartheid struggle icons, Sepo Ikaneng Hasmo. News of the death of Winifred Nomzamo Madigazela Mandela caught many South Africans by surprise at the time when the majority of Christians were celebrating the end of an Easter weekend. The 81-year-old fiery anti-apartheid struggle activist led a checkered life which earned her friends, admirers and enemies alike. This is how the ANC's veteran Paolo Jordan has described the character of a woman regarded by many as the mother of the nation. The nation too has lost, the movement has lost, but I think uh, what we want to take from Sister Zamo's life is her courage, her indomitable spirit, that no-surrender spirit that she displayed during all those years during which she was persecuted by the apartheid regime. Her commitment to her people and to the ordinary people, uh, I think, uh, is beyond question. How she stood by the weakest, the poorest of the poor amongst us. For the governing ANC, the passing of Mama Winnie marked an end of an era of a courageous woman who was subjected to harassment and torture by the then apartheid regime. ANC's Secretary General is Mahashule. Hers was a life where she faced the harshest of tribulations and struggles as punishment for her dedication to the liberation struggle. As her name Nomzamu testifies, she faced and underwent trials that would have broken the spirit of any human being. Having passed on, the ANC commits to intensify that struggle that became her life. We will ensure that her spirit and resolve stays with us. This was our mother, our revolutionary, an icon of, of our struggle. The ANC's alliance partner, the South African Communist Party, 
joint millions in mourning the death of the struggle icon. Alex Mashido is SSCP spokesperson. She was certainly a decisive person. She stood for her values. She supported our struggle immensely. She played an important role when the late Comrade Nelson Mandela was, was in jail. Her role led to her being viewed by the apartheid regime as one of the number one enemies of uh, that regime and the sufferings she has had to endure from that uh, apartheid oppression. The leader of the official opposition Democratic Alliance, Musi Maimani, described Madikizela Mandela as a woman of courage. We've lost an icon, we've lost a freedom fighter, we've lost someone who, regardless of her, the brutal apartheid system that she fought against, she always stood for principles. And I, and I think there's something that as a nation we owe a great deal of gratitude to the sacrifices that she made so that today the generation of South Africans can know what freedom is. A sentiment supported by the leader of the Congress of the People, Re Musiwalikota. I think we have to remember her as a, an inspirational leader, as a courageous leader, very bold. We must not forget that it was part of her energy that generated, even from the militant days of Soweto, 76, she didn't hesitate to be seen to be supporting the struggle. Madikizela Mandela is credited for, amongst others, inspiring young people to join the anti-apartheid struggle. Even in post-apartheid South Africa, she was vocal about youth empowerment. Her close relationship with the fiery EFF leader Julius Malema has earned her great respect across the political spectrum. Flot Shivambo is deputy president of the Economic Freedom Fighters. You have lost the, the struggle veteran and she's amongst the very few uh, leaders and the veterans, stalwarts of the ANC who was not ashamed to be seen in the same space with the leadership of the Economic Freedom Fighters. Loath by the former National Party government, Madikizela Mandela was a thorn on the side of the apartheid regime, which was forced to banish her to a small town in the Free State Province, Brantford. The chairperson of the FWD Clerk Foundation, Dave Stewart, has acknowledged the political prowess and influence of Winnie during the many years when her husband, Nelson Holikata Mandela, was incarcerated at the Robben Island prison. He was certainly one of the dominant figures in South African politics for decades. During the 60s, 70s and 80s, Winnie Mandela really dominated the scene in many respects. She was the wife of Madiba and she was one of the most outspoken and sometimes controversial figures during this period. Winnie Madikizela Mandela would be buried on the 14th of this month. Tsepo Ikanin, SBC News, in Johannesburg. Winnie Madigizela Mandela had been an abiding symbol of the desire for our people to be free. This is how South Africa's President Sil Ramaphosa has described the late struggle icon Winnie Madigizel. Mandel. The 81-year-old stalwart died yesterday at the Millpark Hospital in Johannesburg. She had been in and out of hospital since the beginning of the year. Noma Bolani reports.
Sports. President Cyril Ramaphosa says Winnie Madikizela Mandela's commitment and dedication to the liberation struggle gained her the adoration of the South African people. In the midst of repression, she was a voice of defiance and resistance. In the face of exploitation, she was a champion of justice and equality. Throughout her life, she made an everlasting contribution to the struggle through sacrifice and her unyielding determination. Her dedication to the plight of her people gained her the love and the respect of the nation. Ramaphosa praises the late stalwart for suffering while standing firm in her belief for a non-oppressive regime. For many years, she bore the brunt of the senseless brutality of the apartheid state with stoicism and fortitude. Despite the hardships she faced, she never doubted that the struggle for freedom and democracy would triumph and succeed. She remained throughout her life a tireless advocate for the dispossessed and the marginalized. She was a voice for the voiceless. Passing on his condolences, Ramaphosa says South Africans should celebrate the life of the icon and mother of the nation. In the coming days, as we mourn the passing of this heroine of our struggle, let us reflect on her rich, remarkable and meaningful life. Let us draw inspiration from the struggles that she fought and the dream of a better society to which she dedicated her entire life. Details of official memorial and funeral services are expected to be communicated by government soon. I'm Noma Polani in Johannesburg. Let us all unite and celebrate this is indeed a joyous night. We are delighted by the overwhelming support for the African National Congress. To the people of South Africa and the world, this is indeed a joyous night for the human spirit. You help and party. This year, 2018, marks 100 years since the birth of South Africa's first democratically elected president, Nelson Kholihlahla Mandela. Join Channel Africa, South Africa's international public service radio station, as we celebrate a centenary of the life and times of Madiba. Join us in a year-long broadcast campaign in honor of Nelson Mandela's legacy through a variety of informative radio programs. Channel Africa, celebrating 100 years of Nelson Mandela from an African perspective. Let us Hi, I'm Pule Mulebazi, the presenter of the Albinism Report, a program that demystifies myths and mysticism on albinism, highlighting challenges and achievements of people with albinism. Tune into the Albinism Report on the following times, Monday 5 past 9 in the morning to quarter to 10 Central African time and from 5 past 10 to quarter to 11 Central African time. Tuesday at 5 past 2 in the morning to quarter to 3 Central African time. The Albinism Report, an enlightened narrative with me, Ule Mulebati, on Channel Africa from an African perspective.
Tributes continue to pour in from Cape Town following the death of struggle icon Winnie Matikizela Mandel. Ordinary Cape Townians have joined prominent personalities in expressing their shock and sadness at the news of her passing. Mlamli Maneli reports. Archbishop Emeritus Desmond Tutu and his wife Leah have sent their condolences to Matikizela Mandela's family. Tutu has wished her a peaceful rest. He says Matikizela Mandela was for many years a defining symbol of the struggle against apartheid. Tutu says she refused to be silenced by the imprisonment of her husband, perpetual harassment by apartheid police, and numerous detentions and bannings. Tutu says Matikizela Mandela's courage was deeply inspirational to him and other activists. Cape Town Mayor Patricia DeLille says they became good friends at Parliament. I'm very shocked and... Um to hear about the passing away of Mama Winnie Madikizela Mandela. She has been an icon and a really a struggle icon. She fought for the freedom that we all enjoy today. And may her soul rest in peace. FWT Clerks Foundation says it's shocked at the news of Madikizela Mandela's death. Spokesperson Dave Stewart. Winnie Madikizela was one of the really dominant figures of the last 20 or 30 years in South Africa. She was regarded by the ANC as the mother of the nation. She was larger than life. She was always outspoken, sometimes controversial. And I think she'll be very missed by her followers and by her friends. And we'd like to convey our condolences to her family and to her friends. Former Robben Island prisoner and retired Anglican Archbishop Jongongulu Ndungane says Matikizela Mandela's passing is a great loss for the nation. I think the first thing uh, we have to do is to thank God for Umama Wini for her contribution in the struggle for justice and peace in our country, in particular when the leadership of the ANC was in exile and jail. She has been a role figure to most of us. We thank God for that. And secondly, I think that is a great loss to us. Both the ANC and the DA in the Western Cape have also sent their condolences to Matikizela Mandela's family. ANC's acting provincial chairperson, Kayamakata. Surprising news. We didn't see it coming. We know the fact that the Comrade Winnie is old and she has been around for quite some time but we didn't expect her to leave soon we thought we still gonna have her around with her wisdom and all the assistance she can give us with her experience in the struggle as ANC in the western cape we are devastating and very frustrated to hear the sad news of her passing the leader in the western cape and family member it's really a very sad day. Umama is well known and her contribution in the struggle for liberation is, is well documented. Um, oh yes, of course, I mean, uh, she she was not well. I think we were well aware of that, but we didn't expect her to pass away, especially at the time when I think the country needs her and her wisdom. Ordinary Captonians also had this to say. It's sad I mean, to lose someone. We're all going to die. I think it's just a sad, a sad news to hear that we have lost a revolutionary fighter. We're always talking when somebody dies, no matter what. Um, 
After all, she was at one time the only person to admit that she was a member of the ANC and she wasn't scared for that and we need to actually, actually applaud her for that. The NetCare Hospital Group, which was treating Matigizela Mandela, says she was surrounded by her family and loved ones when she passed away. Amlam Limaneli in Cape Town. The SABC News had an opportunity to sit down with the late struggle icon Winnie Madigazela Mandel. When she spoke about a number of issues that the ANC faced, she said she saw firsthand how brutal apartheid South Africa was when she rose as many times as she had fallen. Madigazela Mandela said she tasted prison banishment and harassment at the hands of the apartheid police, all for standing up to the then government. Abongile Dumako looks back at that interview. The passing on of Mama Winnie Matigizela Mandela has shocked many in South Africa. Affectionately referred to as the mother of the nation, she earned this title because she was strongly opposed to the apartheid regime, but she was also able to help those less fortunate despite the many challenges she faced. Matigizela Mandela lived the life of a widow who struggled to raise her children single-handedly while her former husband, the late former president, Dada Nelson Mandela, was imprisoned. But she does say that the death of Dada Nelson Mandela prompted her to revert to the cultural practices and mourn her husband. Because I believe when it comes to the question of death, we do go back to our tribal uh, backgrounds and uh, because we are defined by our culture. Uh, for instance, uh, here in, in my home, the children had to mourn until March when, uh, they, when we then went home uh, to corner to bend the, the buttons, the black buttons. And uh, at that point, I also, to teach the young ones uh, what culture is all about. Mama Winnie Matigizela Mandela has soldiered on as a political activist throughout the decades. Sometimes she would rise as a heroine while at times she sees herself falling. The first black social worker at the Baraguanath Hospital had some ill feelings on what was happening within the ANC in society. She warned against what she called the worst tragedy in the history of South Africa, the growing culture of slave politics within the ANC. Matigizala Mandela told the SABC News in an exclusive interview that they said the potential to further cripple the liberation movement, which would lead to it losing its support base on the ground. She called for a meeting with the former presidents of the ANC, Tabombegi and Jacob Zuma, would address the issue of slave politics in the party. And I expressed the same sentiment to these two young men. I said, what happened in, in Lusaga? The deputy president uh, couldn't tell me. He said, perhaps one day I will tell you. And uh, President Tamo said, uh, perhaps one day I will tell you. So that, that, that's where things went so wrong. Because obviously, I mean, it, is, it would be nonsense to suggest that, uh, in fact, what I predicted then did not happen. Matigizala Mandela reckoned the trend started during the ANC conference in Pulugwane, saying it included the buying of votes from branches in order to be voted into leadership positions. 
there was no buying of branches. Uh, we go to conferences today and you hear stories about uh, uh, buying branches because one needs to be voted into power in the national conference. Uh, rumors of uh, a creation of a whole lot of uh, branches. People have no idea about the African National Congress. I don't know what vetting system there is uh, today. I am not necessarily as a grassroots as I used to be safe to say I am in Soweto and that satisfies me. Now Matikizala Mandela's daughter Zinzi Mandela says that she will always follow on her footsteps and fight against the injustices that many South Africans still face today. Mama Wini died at the Johannesburg Hospital Prior to going to hospital, she was feeling uncomfortable and complained of a loss of appetite. She died surrounded by her family. I am Abongile Dumago in Johannesburg. Let us all unite and celebrate this is indeed a joyous night. We are delighted by the overwhelming support for the African National Congress. For the people of South Africa and the world, this is indeed a joyous night for the human spirit. Your help and apartheid. This year, 2018, marks 100 years since the birth of South Africa's first democratically elected president, Nelson Kholisasa Mandela. Join Channel Africa, South Africa's international public service radio station, as we celebrate a centenary of the life and times of Madiba. Join us in a year-long broadcast campaign in honor of Nelson Mandela's legacy through a variety of informative radio programs. Channel Africa, celebrating 100 years of Nelson Mandela from an African perspective. Let us make Democratic Republic of Congo human rights organizations have expressed hope that South Africa's administration under President Sil Ramaphosa will lead efforts to restore peace and stability. The delayed presidential elections have sparked protests which have led to the killing of pro-democracy activists in the vast mineral-rich African state. President Joseph Kabila has come under intense international pressure to vacate office after the end of his term in 2016. Tsepoe reports. A long delayed election to replace President Joseph Kabila has been cited as the cause of violence that has ravaged the Central African country. The United Nations has condemned crackdown by Congolese security forces on anti-government protests that have killed at least 47 people by the end of January this year. The UN says about more than 2 million people became internally displayed in the DRC last year alone, nearly doubling the total number to 4.5 million. A member of the DRC, Diaspora Network, Prince Abenge, has accused the leaders of failing to pressure Kabila to hit to cause to leave office. Now you have Kabila, there is an obsession in Sadek with the personality of Kabila. Why? Because he's an agent of state capture more than Zuma. He helps other nations come and capture Congo while he's getting rich to do that. That's the obsession about Kabila. Now, Sadek has decided to rank itself uh, behind one man and therefore leave the Congolese people behind. The one question we have, can Sadek lift up its finger before the people and say 10 years from now we will have the loyalty of the Congolese people in this organization. 
The DRC Country Director for the Open Society Initiative for Southern Africa, Nick Elebe, says he hopes that President Ramaphosa will use his role as SADC chairperson and insist that the much-anticipated polls in December this year take place as scheduled. When we expect a new dynamic from SADC, new dynamic from the new leadership of South Africa, to many people uh, in Congo are many concerned that SADC is not doing enough to uh, take part of the resolution of the Congo crisis. So there is a hope that with a new leadership in South Africa, uh, we may have uh, a clear position, a clear guideline from SADC in terms of human rights protection, in terms of democracy practice. DRC Ambassador to South Africa, Ben Mpoko, had in the meantime dismissed claims that Kabila has delayed processes for the staging of the elections to extend his stay in power. Our obligation is to make sure that uh, the people in the Congo, they go through a peaceful process to elect, to freely elect their, their leaders. That's our first, our first concern. And we already have two elections in, in 2006 and 2011. This is the third election that we are going to have. And I'm sure the third one is going to be much better in terms of logistics, in terms of uh, accountability. It will be much better than the, the previous two elections. So we, we have no concern about that. Those elections are going to be they're being funded by the Congolese government. We are not asking for any assistance from the international community. So our main obligations is towards the Congolese people. Angolan President Juan Lorenzo and his former Botswana counterpart in Kama have been critical of President Kabila's government. They accuse him of placing regional security at risk by clinging to power through postponing elections indefinitely. I'm Tsepo Ikaneng in Pretoria. Our headlines up next with Anne Musa. A very good morning to you. I'm Anne Musan. The headlines, the African Union joins millions in paying tribute to late South African anti-apartheid struggle icon Winima Digizela Mandela. The National Electoral Commission in Sierra Leone resumes the, resumes the tallying process after coming to an agreement with the political parties contesting the presidential race and the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu suspends deal to give residency to thousands of African migrants in exchange for Western nations resettling the same number. Those are the stories making headlines. Ethiopia has sworn in a new Prime Minister, Dr. Abiy Ahmed Ali. Ahmed replaces Haile Mariam Desalegnin, who resigned in February this year, saying his resignation would help to bring much-needed national reconciliation to the country. From Addis Ababa, Koleta Wanjohi reports. A historic moment, a new beginning. These are the words used by Ethiopia's new Prime Minister, Dr. Abiy Ahmed Ali, as he takes over the leadership of the country. He comes in at a time when political tension is high and a state of emergency declared on 16th of February has failed to stop widespread violent demonstrations, especially in the Oromia region, where citizens are protesting marginalization. The new prime minister brings with him a message of peace. It should be underlined that unity does not mean being identical. Our unity should embrace our differences, multiculturalism and ethnicity. 
Abiy Ahmed admits that the government of Ethiopia has failed to listen to the demands of the people, leading to the current political tension and protests. He is promising an all-inclusive system. Our constitution has already guaranteed freedoms like the human rights and democratic rights, especially freedom of expression, freedom of assembly. All these have to be fully implemented accordingly. Ahmed's leadership has been received with warm reception across the country and many look at him as a reformist. Dr. Kaba Orgesa is the state minister for agriculture. This should be given a priority and I think he has also mentioned in his speech. And uh, as an Ethiopians, uh, we love peace and peace will not come because you love it. You have to act that the peace prevails in this country. Kebede Worku is the state minister for health in Ethiopia. His speech has been addressing to all segments of the community, including opposition party leaders and also different segments of the population, to come together in building our, our nation, including diaspora community. There is high expectation here of how much Dr. Ahmed should deliver. The opposition parties in the country have already warned him against defying the constitutional rights of citizens, as they claim his predecessor did. His implementation may be hindered by the fact that he still belongs to the same ruling coalition that some citizens have been protesting against since 2015. Abi Ahmed is encouraging the Ethiopians in diaspora abroad to come home and invest here. He is also promising to heighten efforts to ensure the long-standing rivalry between Ethiopia and neighboring Eritrea is resolved. Koletan Johi, Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. In rural areas of South Africa, there are few organizations that support persons with disabilities. Community planning often excludes persons with disabilities and, as a result, their needs are not considered. The world's biggest disability charity, CBM International, has recently started working in the country to ensure that all persons with disabilities realize their full potential and enjoy access to their rights. For more on this, Jane Rabutata spoke to Dr. William Rowland, head of CBM South Africa Board. CBM, or the Christian Blind Mission, is a German-based organization with its headquarters in Bensheim. And it has 11 member organizations around the world. And one of these member associations is the one in South Africa, which uh, supports work in about eight or more countries of the region. We've been in South Africa for about three or four years, and in Southern Africa for a lot longer. The organization was originally founded in 1908, so we are 110 years old. Now, what's your assessment of the country's efforts in ensuring that people with disability enjoy access to their rights? And how does South Africa compare with other countries? Yes, that's a big question. We have some of the best legislation and policies in the world, but implementation is lacking. There is still a high number of disabled people in South Africa out of school, at schools for the blind, The learners don't have Braille textbooks and, of course, poverty and and unemployment is higher amongst people with disabilities than in the general population. So the picture is very troubling. One has to say that there are also pockets of excellence. There are South African successes. We have deployed quite a number of disabled people into civil service jobs. We have disabled people in parliament and active in the political parties. And in comparison with the rest of Africa in particular, the picture would look favorable. But for most disabled people in South Africa, life is still a struggle.
Now, take us through the projects that CBM is currently working on in South Africa. Just name a few and how exactly does the organization go about helping people with disability? I understand that it focuses on inclusive development. How exactly? Well, first of all, the overall picture of CBM is that we have about 700 projects in 60 core countries and then smaller programs and interventions in another 15 or so countries. Now, in South Africa, you are quite correct. We're very proud of our world-class community-inclusive development program in the Eastern Cape. It's based at a mission hospital and as an outreach to the community. We are currently reaching about 1,200 disabled people and their families. It's a matter of giving them inclusive access to health services, getting them into schooling, helping them to get birth certificates, helping them to access social grants. It still surprises me how many disabled people are not aware of social grants. Mm. And then community awareness raising so that families understand the potential of disabled people, the possible roles they can play in the home, in the family, in the community. Then we have more recently started a cataract surgery program in Limpopo, South Africa, still has a backlog of cataract surgery, particularly in older people, of tens of thousands. And we are tackling this in one of the poorest provinces, areas of the country, and this is now underway. I don't have stats as yet, but the reports are coming in. But the surgery has commenced at the local hospital, and there's an outreach program to get people into the surgery program. And then one that I'm particularly proud of. We have just approved a training program at Grotesque Hospital, to train doctors in cataract surgery for Africa, 12 doctors at a time. They will come to Grutuskir for a two-week training course in cataract surgery and then return to their local communities where they are working as doctors. And the overseeing doctor will visit them and supervise their early surgeries in their locations. They will return later for a second course of upskilling. And so we will be qualifying a dozen eye doctors for African countries at a time in an ongoing program. Now, Dr. Roland, finally, how do people get to know about your organization? How can they get to know more, especially for those who would want some sort of assistance from CBM? I'm going to give you a website and um, a telephone number. Our web address is cbmsa.org, plain and simple, cbmsa.org. And then the telephone number of our Cape Town office, which covers the region of Southern Africa, is 021-914-3014. And anybody with an inquiry about service or would like to be part of our work, that is our contact information. That's Dr. William Rowland, Head of Board for the disability-focused charity CBM International in South Africa. And he was speaking to Jane Rabutata. You have the incredible opportunity to play Mama Winnie in the series Madiba with Lawrence Fishburne. Being here tonight, what does that mean to you? Playing her was a huge responsibility that I took you know, upon myself to say I, I would like to honor Mama this way. I hope she watches the show and she smiles uh, because I know what she's been through and I had to live that for a couple of months. And for her, it was a couple of years, many, many, many years. And I salute her and I adore her with every fiber of my being. I, for one, 
owe my success in life and my success in the new South Africa largely due to the struggle that she pursued on all our behalf, the sacrifices she made while Madiba was in prison. She became the face of the struggle and we were growing up, we were youngsters. She inspired us from an early age and it's absolutely amazing to see someone that's been through such bitterness and now so much of scar, being tortured, 491 days in solitary confinement and she still comes up with so much of peace and, and smiling and joy. Minister Maite, Mamawini, a very special being in our liberation, in our freedom, in our independence. Your reflections about her. You have been a mother to your own biological children, but to me too as Maite, together with Tata, you took care of, loved, nurtured, groomed to become who I am today. No amount of words can express how we feel about the role you played in our lives, in our struggle, in bringing about source of hope. The decoration of being called mother of the nation is befitting to her because uh, indeed she became a mother to many of us and nurtured us politically and uh, for all our personal problems and otherwise we might have, that's where we kneel. A lot that has been achieved in this country has been to a great extent to the inspiration that you gave to the young people and all the people of South Africa will always remember that there was once lived a woman who was under such a lot of pressure but she stood firm until we got our freedom. Being 80, how is Mama feeling? It feels ancient, of course, when I see my great-grandchildren sitting around me. All of you are great-grandchildren to me. It's been a long road uh, up to here. And I am blessed to be with you, all of you, at my age. And I'm one of the lucky few members of our organization who has lived up to this age and have seen history in its making and like all other young democracies we've got we've got our problems but uh, South Africa has been a miracle country that we are where we are uh, today within 23 years we have achieved what we have achieved we'll get there one day with songs and books written about her, the ultimate tribute is how big a chapter she's been in so many lives. Let us all unite and celebrate together. This is indeed a joyous night. We are delighted by the overwhelming support for the African National Congress. For the people of South Africa and the world, this is indeed a joyous night for the human spirit. Your help and apartheid. This year, 2018, marks 100 years since the birth of South Africa's first democratically elected president, Nelson Kholihlahla Mandela. Join Channel Africa, South Africa's international public service radio station, as we celebrate a centenary of the life and times of Madiba. Join us in a year-long broadcast campaign in honor of Nelson Mandela's legacy through a variety of informative radio programs. Channel Africa, celebrating a hundred years of Nelson Mandela from an African perspective. Let us make Africa.
Zimbabwe. This is Simon Muchemwa. Reporting for Channel Africa, this is Moki Kinzeka in Yaoundi. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja, informing the world about Africa. Reporting for Channel Africa, Mwaigi Konyo in Nairobi. Join us every day and know what is happening around you. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Our economics update up next with Tabisolo Hoko. Good morning. South African motorists are urged to fill up as the price of fuel is set to increase significantly. Petrol will go up by as much as 72 South African cents per litre for 95 octane, 69 cents a litre for 93 octane and diesel will go up by 65 cents. Illuminating paraffin will drop by 6 cents per litre and LP gas will increase by 29 cents per kilogram. The Energy Department's Robert Mike explains some of the reasons for the increases. The main reason for this adjustment is the inclusion of the fuel levy in the road extent fund that is 52 cents a litre on both petrol and diesel, and also the adjustment to the transport tariffs. These are the pipeline transportation costs as well as the road transportation costs. And then we also have the decommissioning of the old pipeline called the Deben to Johannesburg pipeline. From the 31st of March, this line will be out of service. India's government has jacked up fuel prices for the 16th time since coming to power four years ago. Petrol prices on Monday touched a four-year peak and diesel reached an all-time high. The step came as yet another blow to India's middle class still reeling from after-effects of the 2016 recall of currency notes. Rana Sen reports. Prime Minister Narendra Modi's government is estimated to rake in cash worth two rands from every litre of fuel sold. Indians consume 91 million litres of petroleum products daily. The United States has criticized China for imposing new tariffs on American imports. The White House says Beijing has imposed duties on fairly traded U.S. imports. China says that the decision is aimed at safeguarding Beijing's interests and balance the losses caused by new tariffs. The BBC's Joe Miller reports. 
Just a week after Donald Trump tweeted in celebration of a stock market high, the president's economic agenda has sent shares plunging again. Investors fear that retaliatory tariffs by Beijing on 128 U.S. products, including pork and wine exports, are just the beginning, and that further actions could target some of America's largest corporations, including Boeing, Caterpillar, and General Motors, all of which do significant business in China. The Dow Jones fell by almost two percent, while the broader S&P 500 narrowly avoided. Did its worst start to April since the Great Depression. Nigeria's foreign exchange reserves stood at 46.2 billion US dollars as of March 28th, up 8.8 uh, percent from a month earlier. Successful debt sales, including a eurobond offering last month, helped the government accrue billions of dollars in foreign reserves. Although they remained far from the peak of 64 billion US dollars in August 2018, Nigeria's foreign exchange buffer has climbed. 53% since March 2017 when it stood at 30.30 billion US dollars. The US dollar trades at 11.78 to the South African rand. It's at 9.39 in Botswana and at 9.44 in Zambia. 7.1 pence to the British pound, 8.1 cents to the euro. Gold $1,337. Platinum $931 per ounce. The price of Brent crude oil is at $67.75 a barrel. I'm Tabisolohoko for Channel Africa. Our sports update up next with Figile Lingwati. In our sports update this hour, we begin with Commonwealth Games worth about 225,000 condoms, 17,000 toilet rolls and free ice cream. Welcome to the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games Village where athletes and officials will want for a little. Ahead of tomorrow's opening ceremony, thousands of competitors and support staff are pouring into their temporary home on Australia's eastern coast. Organizers hope to make the village as comfortable and safe as possible for 6,600 athletes and team officials, and that includes their sexual health. The large number of free condoms equates to about 34 per person, a robust average of three a day over the 11 days of competition. Still with Commonwealth Games, South African Women's Rugby Sevens captain Zintlem Pupa says they want to make their mark on the world stage at the Commonwealth Games in Australia. The Games will commence from the 4th up until the 15th of April in the city of Gold Coast. This will be the first time that the team will make part in the Commonwealth Games. Mpupa, a newly appointed captain, says everyone is excited about competing at the Games. Everyone is excited about the Commonwealth Games. And yeah, uh, hopefully we're going to do well there and represent our country with pride. And yeah, probably going to bring the gold out. Um, our main target is just like getting our name back there, back to the world now, like to be noticed that we still um, exist since we haven't been participating in World Women's Series. So this is our chance now again to just showcase our talent and be like part of the world top teams as well again. And the team recently competed in the Brisbane Super 7 tournament in Australia where they finished third. The fly half 
Mpupa believes that this will serve as a confidence booster for the games. That is not in our hands. I think that's nothing that we can control, but every chance that we get to actually compete at the same time as men, and then we grab that opportunity with both hands. And yeah, we will just keep on doing things like that. We're just not going to be pushing things harder as we as it is out of our control, out of our hands. Um, we just had a good tournament now in Australia, but a super seven. We finished off third. I think that is a very good um, confidence for us to actually get into Commonwealth Games. And yeah, I think from that tournament, all the positives are going to actually um, be more coming to the Commonwealth Games. So all the things that we have done good there in in in, um, in Brisbane and yeah we're probably gonna be um, expressing them in Commonwealth Games again. Yeah. On to football news, Nigerian football legend Nwankukanu has been inspired by Liberian icon George Ware's feet. The former Arsenal football club and Inter Milan forward has announced he will run for president of Nigeria in 2019. Ware, who had a very successful football career in Europe, was elected president of Liberia in the 2017 election, defeating the incumbent vice president Joseph Buakai and sworn in on the 22nd of January this year. A 41-year-old Kanu will be hoping to unseat incumbent president Muhammadu Buhari during the Nigerian general elections, which will be held in Nigeria on the 16th of February in next year. Finally, golf news, Ian Poulter resurrected his stagnant career by winning the Houston Open in a play of victory coming with an added bonus of earning the final invitation to the U.S. Masters and throwing his head into the ring for Europe's Ryder Cup team. Poulter was always heading to Augusta to work on the tournament for British television, but the 32-year-old Englishman will now be inside the ropes inside when the first major championship of the year starts on Thursday. That's your sport news this hour. Africa, rise and shine. Africa, Zorka. Africa, Amuka na Unai. Recapping our top stories in Africa, rise and shine at the Sawa tributes pour in for the late South African struggle icon Mamawini Madigizela Mandel. And Ethiopia's parliament swears in a new prime minister. That wraps up Africa, rise and shine today. For myself, Lulu Gabu, producers Pumutora Magada and Selina Dobong, technical producer Mario Edwards and the rest of the team. Thank you for joining us. For comments about our show, send us an email at info@channelafrica.co.za or tweet us at RiseShineAfrica or send an SMS on 277-969-57930 or WhatsApp on 277-6300-3327. Taking us to the top of the hour for the news on the frequency 7230 kHz on the 41-meter band to Southern Africa is Tandiswa with a song titled Nizala Ngoban.